Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. And we welcome you in. It's Nebraska Preps post game. That's what the big voice guy just said. I'm Damon Benning. This is Jacob Padilla, uh, one of the best in the business, running the gamut of uh, games across the board. We'll touch on as many classes as we can, but uh, Class A, we get the playoffs started, and Class B, it's the earth is starting to settle, right? Is that the the, the ground is starting to settle a little bit in terms of what's going to happen with the seedings? Well, I think uh, in Class B, pretty much just followed what's happened all year. We had some teams hold on, and then some others beat the other top teams. Uh, some big wins for uh, a couple of those other teams in that kind of top six or seven there. So B, I think, continues to be hard to figure out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, all season. Uh, Hastings gets the thirty to nineteen win over Grand Island Northwest. That was one of the key games that we were paying attention to that we talked about. Ending last week, and then the one from last night, right? Elkhorn and Scuts. Elkhorn hangs on to win that game back and forth. A lot of questionable things (laughs) happening late in that game. Uh, A lot happened on that last drive there. (laughs) Right. You know, and I went back and forth, right? At first I was like, wow, the resolve, kind of the the staying power of Elkhorn, and then Scut battles back to put themselves in position. I wasn't in love with the last series, <laughs> but I mean, without yeah. Sam Scott, it that's, was it, it was a little bit of a game changer. That's kind of yeah. The big caveat there is uh, <laughs> that was an incredible play by Isaac Robinson and, yeah. uh, and those other antlers that got in there um, to make that that tackle at the goal line on the last play. But let's be honest, that's Sam Scott. <laughs> That's probably not happening. He's probably getting in there. <laughs> I, I thought at first we may see some sort of fullback dive or or maybe the Veer game, maybe yeah. to see Leaving Tritt. Yeah. Um, handle the football. You always want the ball in the hands of your your yep. best players, and 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 in situations like that. And when Sam Scott's got kind of the calf uh, strain, ankle yeah. deal, we'll see how he heals. A couple of huge potential uh, situations from an injury standpoint could really yeah. re- shake things up in Class B. And, yeah, and obviously with Scott, we haven't seen them play a full game at full strength all year long. All year. And again, and it cost them in that game. I yeah. think if Sam Scott is able to play at four quarters in that game, that's going to be much tougher for Elkhorn to come down, uh, come out of there with a the win. But props to Elkhorn, though. They needed that win. They, they were, did. They were one of those teams that we've always held them up there. Um, they've had the talent. They didn't quite have as many of those wins over the other teams as the others did. And now you go get that win over Scott. Now they're firmly right in that mix with everybody else. And yeah, I think they feel a lot better about themselves. It was almost like Elkhorn kind of struck me as one of those teams that was just waiting to get to this spot, yeah. right? The, because you can't, you know, there's two teams. There's one in Class A, and there's one in Class B. I feel like I know exactly what I'm getting. Elkhorn, I feel like I know exactly what I'm getting. The other team in Class A, Millard South. Uh, they they play the same just about every week. Now we may see a few wrinkles. Next week, we'll see. Stanger starting to get some snaps at quarterback. Maybe that changes the way that they play a little bit. But I feel like I know what I'm getting from those two football teams. And Elkhorn, you're right. 
needed that one last night, if nothing else, from a confidence builder. Uh, you know, coming off the the shaky performance against Bennington, and you know now things maybe have changed for Bennington. Yeah, uh, that's sad uh, one to hear. They, yeah. they got the win tonight, but um, it sounds like Tyler Claire um, went down, got injured during the game, and he's a guy I feel terrible for. He's had right. injuries, Mister Do Everything. Every yeah, has kind of battled through a, a litany, right? Yeah, uh, of uh, this one. Uh, we won't speculate, did not appear to be, didn't yeah. appear to be a good one. Yeah, just got to keep fingers crossed that uh, looked worse than it was and that he'll be able to return because he's a guy that has had a great season. Yeah. He's a really good player, both sides of the ball, big hitter, powerful runner. He's at the center of everything they do. They, I mean, obviously they like to sling the ball around. They got a good quarterback, good receivers, but it all starts with LeClaire running up the middle and then yeah. you kind of play off of that. Yeah, and it's interesting too because for them all year, it started out in fall camp with a couple key injuries. They had yeah. a, a big one in the middle of the season. It has always been next man up for them. But I think this one with LeClaire is is a little bit different. And, and that's tough too. You hate seeing, especially at this point, because you look at all these teams. Benjamin had a case, at least offensively, uh, they're probably as complete as anybody in the class with with that ability to both run and uh, uh, beat teams through the air with that combination of Kale Bird back there at quarterback and then LeClaire uh, at running back. So there, there are a lot of teams in Class B where you've got ones that are um, that you know they're going to air the ball out. You got teams that are going to keep it on the ground. Bennington is one that could beat you either way, and I think that would have served them well heading into the postseason at full strength. Yeah, you and I both uh, watching tonight. Waverly and Norris, a, a pretty good message that Waverly sent saying, hey, yep. we're over here. <laughs> Don't forget yep. about us. We may lull you to sleep with our offensive style, but that offensive line yeah. was fantastic tonight. And Norris just couldn't get it going. And, and, and that's kind of the other one. You look at that win for Elkhorn. It's the same thing for Waverly because they were all – we kind of had that top five or six, and then Waverly was just sitting there like – are you, are you up here or are you kind of down here? Which, which, which way are you guys going to go? Because their big win was over Scott early in the season. Scott did clear, was way shorthanded um, compared right. to what they are even now. Even I think we, that was 13-3 final, something like that. Yeah, some, yeah. so real low scoring. Um, Scott um, wasn't close to what it looks to be now without Sam Scott and without some of their linemen and everything they had missing at that point. So um, now they're able to... They had a strong season, but now you kind of reinforce like, oh, no, actually, we do belong in this discussion with this win over Norris, and it was just a complete domination start to finish. Yeah, I thought the goal line stand obviously was huge at the half, but Waverly had established control of the line of scrimmage. It was – I felt like they had firm control of that football game. And Cooper Houseman was running for his life from the first uh, first snap, and he's a guy that is really good at kind of improvising. Well, he got him in position with the improv to get him down – to be stopped right before the half, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, he he made a play, extended that yeah. extended that drive. So he was doing everything he could um, to uh, with the pressure he was facing, but it ended up just being too much. He, he wasn't able to, com- uh, to make some throws that he needed to. Um, he, he didn't have a great game, but again, when you have pressure in your face every single snap, it's it, it's hard to stand in there and make those throws and put the ball where it needs to be, even if you've got um, receivers like he does and. Uh, props to C.J. Hood, uh, maybe the play of the game, one-handed catch, yeah, 40 yards down the field. He's a fantastic player. Yeah. Um, Husker baseball commit and also a uh, star, <laughs> starter, uh, good player on their basketball team. So kid's a heck of an athlete. He played well, but Norris just wasn't able to get anything going consistently. They had a few splash plays, but right after that, we'd see a sack or 
pressure in the face, incomplete pass, or stuff a run. Um, they weren't able to stack successful plays on top of each other all night long. Trying to really get the, the, the points leaders in Class B. They keep it pretty current. It's hard to believe that you could see a team like Aurora, a 7 or 8, maybe even a 9 seed, depending on what the latest movement will be. But I tell you, we've talked about it since we've been doing these podcasts together. Class B will be like the Wild Wild West. Yeah, it's been crazy. You look, it's basically been the same top 10 all year long. In it's some order, right? Every week, it's different order because somebody's beat somebody else. So you jump up, somebody drops down, then that team gets bounces back the next week and moves back up. Like, it's been crazy, but it's it's pretty. I think we know who the, the real um, kind of challengers are, the, the real contenders here. The problem is, you just have no clue which one of those is really belongs at the top right my mccook would be a live 10 seed right yeah. i mean they're right there just to hit a platt smith and scott's sitting at right now an eight <laughs> that that's that's it's a dangerous eight. that is a very dangerous eight seed but with the three losses yeah. um uh, they were not one of those again to class that's a right. gretna nothing to hang your your head about especially what they went into with up front yeah. in that game but uh, class B is, uh, for lack of a better term, a crapshoot. <laughs> yeah, so just looking record-wise, we got Norris at seven and two, Waverly at seven and two, Elkhorn at seven and two. You got uh, Waverly or uh, Scud at six and three, um, Plattsmith six and two, Aurora six and three. Like everybody's kind of right around that same area. There's no nobody made it through um, with even just one loss. But um, so it, it's the cla- I think the Class B playoffs are going to be. As interesting uh, as we've seen, I think they're going to be as competitive um, once you get into those last few rounds here. Um, yes, seating will definitely matter. Now, when we jump over to Class A, we had the early one. Uh, again, both you and I watched Miller North <laughs> handily over Norfolk. And I thought that the theme of, of today was seats hailed, yeah. right? Outside of Southwest. <laughs> The sixteen over seventeen over sixteen was the only upset in the in the first round, which in essence is really a crapshoot, yeah, right? I mean that that's a that's a that's a that's a tall. I mean yeah. you're seating nine through twenty four for those for the bottom tier of those fifteen, right? Sixteen, seventeen, almost starting right in the middle. Yeah, and <laughs> there weren't a lot of close games in there either. Um, that, just a, a couple of single digit games in that mix. So, um, and they were one of the few with the twenty seven twenty one win over over North Star. Yeah. Um, good, good win for Southwest. Now you get to play Bellevue West next round. Now, you know the interesting thing? I've kind of said this. Millard North has my atten- attention, yeah. right? I, I like the Quaintance, the Quantons brothers. Yeah. Uh, it's a good tandem. I felt like they've played better than average defense, right? The schedule was tough. The offense kind of feeling its way along. I don't know if I'd call them dangerous but they're interesting. Yeah, there's certainly no easy out. And yeah, Jimmy Quaintance is really kind of settled in his own running that that option offense. He made Hit some his really, brother today for a nice say, touchdown. He made some really nice throws. Yeah. And I think that one was the one into the wind, yeah. too. And the wind was ripping out there. So to be able to step in and make that throw, he had one or two other kind of deep passes, had some big runs. Uh, he looked really smooth back there running that that offense. Uh, and they got a few different runners involved. Um and I, th- I think the one thing, they were a little sloppy there, got away, and they had a lot of uh, penalties, some, um, some false starts, some kind of been their and MO. Kind of stuff. So have, that's have been a little loosey-goosey yeah. with the discipline in, the, in some of these yeah. tighter games that they've played. And that's going to cost you when you move on to the next round when you're playing a much better team um, than Norfolk. Yeah, and as you said, the, uh, the, the, the seeds held, right? Um, Grand Island with the 36-0 win over Pius Columbus. 
31-14 over Papio. Papio is one of those interesting teams, right? I, they kind of went out with a whimper. They had a, a, a lot of guys missing a week ago, kind of piecemealing it together this week. I felt like that team may be a little bit better than their record indicated. Just really couldn't gather any yeah. momentum. Yeah, and they've got some um, pretty uh, talented individual players. It just seems like the whole, uh, I think they're, they're replacing some big pieces from last year on the offensive line. Never really ca- quite got that sort uh, straightened out. Um, and if you're not strong in the trenches, it's going to be tough. Uh, going to have a hard time getting the ball to your receivers on the outside. And Tyson Money had a ridiculous catch yeah, in, he's in that game. That he was, an, another quality uh, player yeah. that I think is kind of flying under the, the, the state's radar. And then Luke Lindenmeyer rocking number 99 out there at tight end. So they've, like got, they've got some offensive weapons, but I think they need to kind of heading into next year. They're going to have to figure some things out and get a little bit stronger on the, uh, uh, up front in the trenches. Yeah, the ground and pound of North Platte uh, kind of wearing down. Uh, Lincoln High, 33-14, kind of business. Like, North Platte isn't real flashy, not flashy at all. They're going to try to run it down your throat. Uh, but quietly get to their sixth win. Yeah. And, and now, speaking of flashy and uh, the exact opposite of what North Platte wants to do, you get Lincoln East uh, in the next round, so that'll be kind of an interesting uh, clash of styles there. But, yeah, like you said. Yeah, the air raid and spread attack against the ground and pound. Yeah, so no real surprises so far. Um, we'll see if that kind of if that trend continues. I, I think this next round will give us some <laughs> should give us some more interesting matchups and ones that I think uh, will be a little bit tougher to call. There are uh, a few ones in particular I think that uh, are going to be really fun. When you're looking at a live dog, who falls into that category for you? I know you're maybe eyeing a Millard West team. Uh, I w- not necessarily impressive tonight, but very business-like, but 47 points. Uh, defense set them up with a few scores, but 47 points for that offense against the Bell East Bunch. That has to be some somewhat encouraging. Well, yeah, especially with all the, the struggles they've had um, with the injuries and everything, um, working in new quarterbacks, um, trying to figure that out. Um, it's good for them to to be able to get um, some, some success there offensively because um, it's been a rough season. So um, And now... Uh, They've earned a rematch with Millard South, and yeah. um, no they, love lost. Yeah, there. they they were a full strength the last time they played, and it was uh, it was competitive. Um, but yeah, one Millard score South game at the half. Yeah, and uh, Millard South extends offensively, gets a couple big plays, um, in that one against Millard West. That was one I happened to be in, yeah. in attendance personally, Same. and I uh, it again when you're that well coached, you're going to give yourself a chance to be competitive. But it will be what it has been all year. Can you find a way to make enough plays? offensively to not only give your defense a break to, to but you know to get something easy give give yourself a chance to win offensively uh we, we didn't get a chance we were jumping around all over the place you go back to be real quick with Bennington winning that game we got kind of stuck on LeClaire and, and and what's maybe potentially going on with that injury um uh, but managed to to send a 35-21 over uh, a very live and game gross team who had that 28-21. They cut it to seven uh, in that third quarter, yeah. and you're thinking, well, this is interesting. Yeah, it's starting to feel some pressure, especially uh, you guys go down. Yeah. Mentally, that's going to be tough on you anytime you see one of your best players when your teammates go down. To be able to withstand that pressure and go answer and kind of get that, put that dagger in there, that's impressive uh, uh, by them. You know, it's interesting. And, and The game hasn't gone final yet. It was 41-7, uh, Fremont over Papio South. Uh, in the third quarter, that Papio South team is a little bit of a surprise to I me. Mean, I know they were trying to rebuild up front, right? Offensive and defensive lines struggled all year, but I thought that skill maybe 
was going to be good enough to to have them more competitive maybe than I think what we saw this year. Yeah, well, it looks like Fremont tacked on another one, 48-7, heading into the, the fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. Yeah. So running clock, that one should, should be over shortly. But um, I really like Fremont, especially at the quarterback spot. Yeah, and that, that'll be an interesting game uh, next week against Elkhorn South. Like, like you said, uh, kind of a live underdog there coming off good confidence builder, good win here. They've had a good season. You know they're not going to go in there thinking like, hey, this isn't something that uh, we can pull off here. So um, I, I think that one. And then the game I'm really looking forward to seeing is that 8-9. That so it should be close, but that Carney-Gretna uh, game. And we'll see kind of what shape Gretna is um, getting this week off now. Obviously, they canceled their week eight game uh, down at Southeast. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully, everything's good there and they're able to kind of send their full team out there and play a good game. But – I was really impressed watching Tough Carney against Elkhorn South. And and here's the thing. It, you know, so let, let's go back to the Elkhorn South game here real quick with Fremont because what that I think is going to boil down to, you have very limited possessions against Elkhorn South. You know, I've seen them. Um, you've seen them. Very good up front, both on the offensive yeah. and defensive lines. They limit your possessions. Uh, they've got really the three-headed monster running the football with Krause. Ballard and, and Ben Warren, and they keep the ball from you, and they don't beat themselves. Fremont's going to have to be very, very efficient with their offensive possessions because I don't think they're built like that in the trenches. That, that's true, and that's that's going to be a key. Like throughout these these playoffs, so you've got some some of these better teams. That's what they do. They're very strong up front, and you're going to have to find a way to hold your own. Like we saw. Um, in B t- uh, tonight in that Norris Waverly game, yeah. um, that decided the game. Like I think Norris is more explosive offensive. They have more offensive weapons than Waverly does, but Waverly controlled the line of scrimmage, and that allowed them to kind of let their style of gameplay win out and wasn't able to allow um, Norris to really hit them uh, with those big plays. So stay with that for a second, because I think I asked you uh, when you walked in, did you get the sense that Waverly was that good up front on the offensive line, or do you think I, – I, if I'm, I'm watching this game and I'm thinking, now are they really this good up front? I know what they're committed yeah. to doing as an offensive unit. Right? That's what they do. They will run the ball and cram it down your throat. But tonight I, I was a little taken aback at what control they took of the line of scrimmage. Yeah, a um, little disappointed uh, not on Norris' side. I thought um, they were going to be better than they were. And th- th- the surprising part is the fact that – Nothing really changed. There weren't any adjustments. It just continued yeah. um, throughout right to the very end. I think uh, the last couple of plays that um, Norris had, even sacks, guys flying in his face, just having to throw the ball away. Like it continued to the and very Hasman's end. Hasman's a good athlete. Yeah. And Hasman, I, I think he might have got might have tweaked something there. It looked like he went down awkwardly. They ended up finishing the game with their backup quarterback. Didn't ha- get any word on what the situation was there. It looked like he was standing on the sideline. So I don't know what, what exactly the case was there, but. Um, yeah, it didn't really matter who was back there at quarterback is they had a guy in his face one second after, uh, he got the ball and didn't really have much of a chance. So you'd think whether it's moving more guys in line, help protect, whether it's changing the scheme, whatever you got to do, you got to do something to give yourself a chance. And it just continued all night long. It just didn't seem if they did try adjustments, they just didn't work. Yeah. While we're playing this game of ping pong, uh, it's back in your court. Let's go back to Carney and Gretna next week. Right, if any team could have used a buy, yeah. <laughs> as you kind of just alluded yeah. to, it was Gretna literally trying to get healthy. Carney's played the who's who, right? You you look at their schedule, 
they know how to grind. They've seen listen. They've seen they've seen the best two teams in the state in Bellevue West and Westside. Um, I, well, Coach Bunch, that's a tricky one to kind of cap. And I, I like that quarterback Preston Pearson uh, played well getting That's that some moxie, out game. He? Yeah, uh, Jack Johnson, running back, linebacker, um, kind of a two-way impact player for them. Um, they, they've got some pieces. They're going to be tough, and that's no, no matter what sport. That, that's kind of the, yeah. that's kind it's of the culture the out there. It's right. they're gonna they're gonna give you a battle um, anytime you line up against them, and I think that'll be the case as well. So it'll be Coach, Coach Baranek and Coach Cool probably exchanging. <laughs> ideas in the hallway. Hey, yeah. my team's tougher than no, my team's tougher than yours. Hey, yeah. we shoot to three. Hey, we don't give up. Three. Yeah, I can <laughs> see him going back and forth. But yeah, so and Gretna coming off now. This is a two, th- uh, two, three weeks now since that uh, that that game at uh, Elkhorn South where they got handled. Yeah. So they they've been thinking about that for a while. So you have to think they're coming in here like, all right, we've got something, something to, prove to prove here. We know uh, this is going to be a tough team, but we got to show like, hey, this season wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a matter of our schedule. We are actually this good. What uh, what do you think happens in that prep game potentially with with kind of how they're sitting a team that was is on a little bit of a natural high? Yeah, that's for sure, and that that, that that'll be another one uh, interesting one there because of the way Miller North is playing now and the way that prep's just been so kind of volatile. Um, at t- they've they've gotten them they've shot themselves in the foot getting mm-hmm. off to such slow starts in games. Sometimes they've been able to come back, sometimes they haven't. Uh, once you get to this point, you cannot give your team your opponents anything. You've got to come out, play well. You got to uh, be disciplined, be smart, be efficient from the start. Because if you dig yourself a hole in the in the postseason, like th- those heroics, you're probably not going to get the, those to work out for you um, this late in the season. So that that's I think the one the game it's going to be important in that one for prep to get off to a good start. You can't allow Miller North to kind of do what they want to set the tone, uh, control the possessions throughout the game. You got to have to put a little bit of pressure on them, maybe get off to a, a one-two touchdown lead there and really give them something to think about. And so that's going to be on the uh, on prep, and especially quarterback Sam Eisenberg there. He's got to come out sharp from the start. Yeah, this one isn't as sexy by name, but a team that I think earned my respect watching them against Bellevue West, Columbus and Southeast could be very interesting. Yeah, um, I was watching a little bit of that, that Papio stream. Yeah, very vanilla bean yeah. from Lincoln <laughs> Southeast offensively, right? You, you're kind of watching them sometimes. A little bit of how I feel about Elkhorn. You want them to take a few more chances, open yeah. it up. You've got good weapons That's on exactly, the outside. Yeah. You, you've got good weapons on the outside. You, like, you know, take some chances, but they play close to the vest. They play very good defense. They're a team that survived replacing all five offensive linemen from a year ago to run the table in the regular season the following year. That is uh, it's tough to do, especially yeah. in Class A. And, and they've got some dynamic players. Uh, Jake Applegate is as good as anybody good, in his good, class. Good player, especially outside the numbers. Yeah. can make plays. He can high-point balls. Tavion Thompson's a good, uh, good on Very both sides of the speed. ball there. Like, Sudden. They, they've got, they've got I like, some I like guys. Branch it, in the secondary. Yeah, so if they want to open it up a little bit more, if they, they feel like they need to, they've got a chance there, I think, to kind of jump out on uh, Columbus and really put some pressure on them. Um, Columbus is interesting though, right? Because offensively, I like their concept, right? And they're not afraid to take advantage of where they think that you're vulnerable. We saw them go at Bellevue West on the edges, you know, Bellevue West, not really playing here, here, Ryan Rogers was hurt, um, and really found a way to move the football on, on the edges. Columbus is very, very interesting in that one. Yeah. And today, just very methodical uh, against Papio. I'm just kind of controlling the ball, putting together some long scoring drives, especially, I mean, right out, start second half. 
um, just marched down the field and quarterback kind of kept it and ran in himself. And then that, that was it scoring for the game. They got that, that, uh, 17 point lead and just held on from there defensively did what they needed to, to make life tough for, for the Monarchs. So, um, I, I think we've, we've got a chance for a lot of uh, good matchups here. If teams really show up to play on the other hand there, if, if the, these teams that, if we see some, the value of rest over rust from the teams that were sitting out this week. Um, those are some very good teams that were sitting out. So if they come ready to play, a um, couple of these could get away from them early if there's, as well. If there's one thing we've learned, I think Class A has really been haves and have-nots, right? We've seen a lot of scoring disparities. We, we, we've we kind of grouped this thing into we like 1 and 1A one between Westside, Bellevue West, Bellevue West, Westside. Then there's that 3-4-5 cluster with Millard South, Elkhorn South, Lincoln Southeast. And then it appears that there's the next group. Is there anybody in the next group? Let's start there, 7 through 10, that you feel is vulnerable next week. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, obviously, the 8-9, the that's kind of always a gene yeah. when you go there. So we'll go away from that one. Um, I th- that prep Miller North game, yeah. that's really interesting. Like I said, prep's got, I agree. got a tendency to let their opponents kind of um, – Again, get those leads, and they've got a tendency to kind of struggle a little bit early on. So, and if, that's if, one there, if there's a place that I think Millard North is good because of the way that they play defensively, a lot of man to man, those matchups on the outside will be very, very intriguing with Rollins moving around, basically only playing one side of the ball. We'll see if that trend continues. He played very little, no defense yeah. a week ago. You've got Bullock on the outside, but Millard North. They line up and play it. Like what you see is what you get. That one is good. That's that's a that's a fantastic matchup, I think, for for the way that Prep likes to play. Little counter, little play action. They try to get vertical in the passing game, and I think that's the way that Miller North would like to play it. And, and that's a new one. Obviously, we've got a few rematches. Um, we've already seen Westside Grand Island. We've seen the the Millard West Millard South battle. Um, a couple of these other ones are, are rematches. So that that's a new one that we'll have a chance to kind of see where both those teams are here as we progress through the, these playoffs. And our last couple of minutes here, I want to go back to B. Um, those seedings will be set here. I think we could probably do the wild card points before we ended this podcast if we if we sat down and, and, and looked at it. Obviously, things change a little bit with Bennington, right? I, depending on what happens with LeClaire, we'll see about – Sam Scott's availability next week for Omaha Scott. Is there anything else that's out there that you think Warren's keeping an eye on? Is Hastings, did, did they show you anything in, with the win over Grand Island Northwest and kind of bouncing back? Is there an Aurora team out there with what I would call good losses? <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean. Yeah. Hastings. It's been a long time out. since yeah. I've seen them since North Star. I, I was watching that a was week bit. zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and I was watching a little bit uh, of that before I came over here to the studio. And it was a 23-19 game, and that included four fumbles by um, Aurora there. Um, they're by Grand Island Grand, Northwest Grand, yeah. there. So like, it was a one one possession game when you've got them playing that poorly with the ball. So that doesn't necessarily give you confidence in Hastings, but then also um, saw. Uh, uh, Cynic kind of take control there and put together the, the kind of the dagger touchdown drive at the end there when um, Grand Island Northwest had a chance to get the ball back. We can go win this thing. He's like, nah, I got this. Completed. Yeah, the, the, the way Hastings is built defensively lends itself to having some problems against some some physicality yeah. if, it, when they see that, right? We know they 
They're the closest thing to playing basketball on grass for any of those teams in Class B, I think. Yeah, and and Sen- he is really good. He is he's fun fan- to watch. He's a good player. Um, but like you say, you get this deep in the po- you get deep into the postseason, you're going to need a little bit more than uh, just a really good quarterback uh, in high school football. Knowing what you know now, potentially with the injury situations, who's got the hot hand? Do you have any way that you're leaning? I I think a week ago you asked me. I'm thinking, okay. Bennington is really starting to hit on all cylinders. I liked Norris, right? They're fairly complete. I, I did not like Norris in the trenches tonight unless Waverly is yeah. that good, and I couldn't get a good gauge on that. Yeah, and that's kind of coming into this weekend. I felt good about Norris, Bennington, and Scott. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that did not go well. Um, obviously, the injury issues for a couple of them and Norris looking as uh, poorly as they did. So that – right now, Waverly – they, they did look impressive tonight. And the thing was, um, Cole Murray back there at quarterback, he made some really nice throws. Obviously, they're going to run, run, run. just run, enough, right, with those six or seven passing attempts yeah. a game, right? Well, and and they, uh, that's kind of a, that's a change they made to, like, all right, we're going to go with Cole here. He gives us a little bit more. Um, and it's it's paid off for them. He had some really nice throws tonight. He had two touchdowns tonight. Uh, I think he had two touchdowns coming into the game. So um, if you, you add that element to it as well as they've run the ball, Waverly has a chance right now. I think I still like Scud if they're fully healthy, but they I kind of I, I feel season. like I need a shower, right? Because I feel a little dirty getting back on the Waverly train. Now, three weeks ago, I sat in this this very office and I said, "I think Waverly fooled me. I I maybe miscalculated that football team. Maybe I did, <laughs> but but I haven't seen enough to the good." down the stretch to to let me know if okay did I was I right was I not yeah. right I'm still not sure what they're going to be I don't know if there is an answer because you look at all these top teams each of them have some things that you really like but each of them have a pretty glaring weakness as well yeah. and it's just going to be a matter of which of these strengths out outweigh those weaknesses um, because um, the uh, it, it's it's going to be tough. I really have no idea who is number one in that class. Well, you make sure that you guys uh, get some more of this next week. It will be highly, highly entertaining. We'll, we'll run the gamut. We'll get you covered. It's uh, Nebraska Preps postgame. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm Damon Benning. Uh, make sure you're back same time next week. We've got you covered the whole kid and caboodle.